The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 11th chapter. Jesus spoke to the crowd saying, but to what will I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to one another. We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We wailed and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking and they say, he is a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking and they say, Look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by the Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, one of my favorite books in my library is a book that was released in 1976. It was written by a retired English professor, and it may be familiar to some of you, but the title of the book was A River Runs Through It and Other Stories. It was written by Norman McLean about his childhood growing up in rural Montana in the early 20th century. And it is to this day one of my favorite books. I have quoted Norman McLean before in a sermon and I'm going to quote him again this morning. After reading our gospel that Brian read just moments ago, this particular quote came to light for me as a way to take that message in our gospel reading and apply it today. This is what McLean writes. As a Scot and a Presbyterian, my father believed that man by nature was a mess and had fallen from an original state of grace. Somehow, I early developed the notion that he had done this by falling from a tree. As for my father, I never knew whether he believed God was a mathematician, but he certainly believed God could count, and that only by picking up God's rhythms were we able to regain power and beauty. Unlike many Presbyterians, he often used the word beautiful. He certainly believed God could count and that only by picking up God's rhythms 
were we able to regain power and beauty. Keep that in mind. Jesus' invitation in Matthew 11 contains perhaps one of the most beautiful and most comforting of passages in all of Scripture. It is an invitation to you and me to discipleship. It's an invitation to all who are burdened, who are feeling the weight of life on their shoulders and in their hearts. It is an invitation to learn and experience the unforced rhythms of God's love and grace. Hear these words again. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. But before we get to this beautiful invitation, we first encounter Jesus in a moment of frustration and anger with the people, particularly in Chorazin, in Bethsaida, and in Capernaum. Now, Jesus isn't angry with them for something that they have done. He is frustrated with them for something they have not done. They were supposed to be God's representatives here on earth, and yet they refused to listen to Jesus' teachings. They refused to listen to his call for action in the world around them. They had turned inward. They had only and solely focused on themselves and not the needs of the world. They had failed, in other words, the very society that was crying out in need for love and grace and compassion and mercy. And then Jesus goes on to compare their complacency, their interaction, to some of the most horrific deeds in the Old Testament. From the pagan cities of Tyre and Sidon to the wickedness in the land of Sodom. Their inaction is what was stirring Jesus in frustration and anger. And then Jesus prays. He prays to his Father in heaven that we may move from complacency to action, from focusing solely on ourselves to focusing on the needs of others and the world around us. And it is only then when we find God's rhythms in our lives that we find rest for our soul. Now, like so many interactions that Jesus had before our reading from Matthew, and that will continue after Jesus is listening and hearing and acknowledging the feelings of all of those who were gathered on that day. And 2,000 years later, Jesus does the same thing with you and me day in and day out. Jesus hears us and listens to us and acknowledges all of those feelings that we carry with us. He recognizes that in some way, each and every one of us at one time or another have felt incredibly burdened, have felt the weight of life and all that goes with it weigh heavily on our shoulders and in our hearts. Think about it. 
in our lives. We carry this weight at times of uncertainty, of anxiety, of grief, of despair, of loneliness, of depression, of hurt, of resentment and guilt, and that can weigh so incredibly heavy on our shoulders, and yes, in our hearts. So this morning, let me just ask you, it's a rhetorical question, you don't have to shout out loud, what burdens do you find yourself carrying today? What's weighing on your shoulders or weighing heavily in your heart. I could make a joke right now about God is calling. (laughs) So I should pick up an answer. But Jesus does a beautiful rhetorical move. He compares you and me to oxen laboring under the weight and the painful and burdensome yoke. And then he encourages you and me to see his yoke as something completely and totally different. He encourages you and me to see his yoke as something that is graceful, that is positive, that is life-giving. He encourages us to see his yoke as something that is both light And beautiful. Now, nowhere does he promise that our burdens, that by following him, that our burdens will be freed or absent, that we will be, we will not encounter the weight of life in our lives. Nowhere does he promise that. But when we find and follow God's rhythms of life, we in turn will unconditionally and passionately see the oppressed, see the hurting, the poor, the lonely, the downtrodden. We will see them and we will then be called into action. And when we respond in our lives with purpose and meaning, this is where the rubber hits the road. When we respond with purpose and meaning to the needs of the world out of an abundance of love and grace, that is where we will find rest. Now, author Rachel Held Evans said it this way. The quote is in your bulletin. This is what she wrote. The yoke is hard because the teachings of Jesus are radical. Enemy love, unconditional forgiveness, extreme generosity. The yoke is easy because it is accessible to all. The studied and the ignorant, the rich and the poor, the religious and the non-religious. So I want you to listen again to this beautiful invitation that we heard this morning through Eugene Peterson's paraphrase, of this text found in the Message Bible. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. 
and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. A beautiful invitation to you and to me. So wherever you find yourself on this day, may you find and follow God's rhythms of life and embrace the worthy task and purposes that he has called you to, to be the best in the world and for the world. And there in that place, may you feed a starving world with compassion, kindness, peace, and love. And in doing so, may you find rest for your soul. Let it be so. Amen.